Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad you're here today. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, Solomon says, To everything there's a season, a time and a pur- purpose under heaven for all things. In chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes, Solomon mentions these words, time and season, about 32 different times. We all know that there are certain times and seasons. Even if we don't understand them, we know that they're there, don't we? There's beginning of times, there are ending of times, there's in-between times, and the in-between times in regard to our faith is very, very important. If you've been with us for the last two weeks in this faith series, this is kind of what we've talked about and what we've learned. That faith gives us access and faith opens the doors for us, opens the door for the miraculous, opens the door for the promises of God. Unbelief maximizes our fears, but... uh, It also minimizes our potential. Faith brings God's approval, and God wants us to respond to him out of our trust in him and not just rules and laws and regulations. And many times we have the concept of faith, but we don't have the commitment of faith. How many of you know there's a difference between the concept and the commitment? I have a concept of how my television works, but I really don't know how it works. Y'all are so holy. I have a concept how my car works, But uh, for the last few years, I wouldn't work on it. I remember I had a 55 Chevy that I could stand between the fender well and the motor to work on it. There's two different reasons there. Because cars were different and I was a lot skinnier back then. (laughs) But having the concept and having the commitments to different things. We have to really not only have the concept of faith, but we have to have the commitment of faith because faith without works is dead. And the commitment of faith is the commitment of even when we haven't obtained or received, we're still moving forward in hope to receive what we believe for. Do you realize this line, the just shall live by faith, appears four different times in your Bible? It appears once in the Old Testament. It appears three times in the New Testament. Now, why is the Holy Spirit wanting us to know that the just shall live by faith? Now, we say it in the Old Testament, said again in the New, said again in the New, said again in the New. And I said this in the early service, that sometimes we repeat ourselves because we forgot what we said. How many of you have ever heard your parents or your grandparents or your great-grandparents tell a story and you looked across the table at each other and said, how many times have we heard this story? And now you're doing it. But God didn't repeat himself because he forgot what he said. God repeated himself because he wanted us to get it. He wants us to know it. He wants us not just to have the concept of it. He wants us to have the commitment of it because the just shall live by faith. And when we look at this, we see some amazing things here that will not only help us today, but tomorrow. Take your Bible and turn to Psalm 69, verse 13. This is a Psalm of David, and David is praying. We don't know exactly the time that David has written this uh, Psalm, but I kind of have an indication and a thought myself of when he wrote this. Listen to verse 13. As for me, my prayer is to you, O Lord. 
at an acceptable time, O God, in the abundance of your steadfast love, answer me in your saving faithfulness. Now, notice there, he says, Lord, I'm praying that you will answer me, and you are a faithful God, but I also know it's going to be in your what? Acceptable time. So there is a timing. I have my timing. You have your timing. How many of you know God has his timing? I, I wish that his timing was my timing. I wish his timing was your timing. But, Jack, sometimes it's not none of our timing, right? But, but notice here, that's very important, because I read this out of context, but I want to put it in context. Go with me to verse 1. David is praying in this psalm, if you will, save me, O God. The waters are rising up to my neck, verse 2, and I am sinking in the mud and the mire. There is not a place firm to stand. I'm about to be overwhelmed. Anybody here ever been overwhelmed? Notice what David does. He, he paints this vivid picture. Have you ever heard the term, I'm just keeping my nose above the water? That's what David is saying. Now, he adds something to it. He says, I've got so many issues here. Not only am I just barely keeping my nose above the water, but while I'm trying to stretch to keep my nose above the water, I'm sinking in the mud and the mire. He said, I've got two difficulties here. The water's rising. I'm trying to breathe, but as I stretch to breathe, I'm also sinking at the same time. I have a compound problem here. I'm sinking, and I'm also drowning at the same time. Look with me at verse 3. He said, I'm tired of crying. My throat is dry. My eyes are failing while I wait for my God. Say that with me. While I wait for my God. Now let's all say it. While I wait for my God. Sometimes you got to wait on God. And you say, well, now, Pastor Mike, you never have to wait on God. Well, hello, you're just wrong. Yeah. Look at verse 4. More people hate me than I have hairs on my head. What a line. There are more people that hate me than I have hairs on my head. Look at verses 5 through 7. You know I have acted foolishly. My sins are not hidden from you. I don't want to be a stumbling block to other believers. I have borne reproach and shame. I really believe that David probably wrote this psalm after some of his most difficult times. Now, when I say difficult times, I'm not just saying hard times. I'm talking about times of failure. I mean, you do know that he numbered Israel when he shouldn't have numbered Israel. And God had severe repercussions for the nation than David. You, you do know that one day he was out on his veranda in his balcony and he looked out and saw a naked woman bathing. And he lusted in his heart about her and called for her and had sex with her and murdered her husband. How many of you know that wasn't a good day? David, this man after God's own heart, this man anointed by God, this man who loved God, this king of Israel, had some severe character flaws. This guy disobeyed God. This guy committed adultery. He committed murder. And look in the verses. He says, God, you know... I have acted like a fool. My sins aren't hidden from you, but I don't want to be a stumbling block to those who are trying to serve you, other believers. But I have borne my reproach and shame. Verse 13, let's make full circle. But he says, I'm still praying. Save me, God. You have an acceptable timing. Your steadfast love will answer me and save me because you are faithful. You know what David is saying? I haven't been faithful, but God, you're faithful. I haven't always done what's right, but God, you do what's right. 
Lord, you're a faithful God. I'm going to still cry out to you. I need to be saved. I know I've fallen. I know I've sinned. But God, in those in-between times, I want to trust you. I, I want to I follow you. You see, it's those in-between times that give us problems. We all have them. Everybody's got them. Nobody gets through life without them. Do you realize from the time that David is anointed, your attention please, here we have the prophet Samuel going to Bethlehem to the house of Jesse. He knows he's going to anoint a king. He does not know who that king will be. He knows it's going to be in the household of Jesse. So he gets Jesse's sons. They parade by him, Eliab or Eliab, ever how you want to pronounce the name. The first one that comes by, he looks like a king. Samuel raises the horn of oil to pour it over his head, and God says, oh, no, not my guy. And all the other brothers pass by. Not him, not him, not him, not him, not him, not him. You know what God said to the prophet? He said, I don't look at a man like a man looks at a man. I look at his heart. I don't look at his outward appearance. Aren't you glad? That gives me hope. And he looks to Jesse and he says, do you have any more boys? He said, I know I'm supposed to be here. I know there's going to be king here in this midst. I know it's going to be one of your sons. Are there any more boys? And Jesse says, oh, yeah, by the way, I have the youngest. I didn't even call him in. He's out keeping the sheep. How many of you know they didn't even call him for king audition? He's not even called to even be a candidate. And here comes David, this teenager, gangly teenager, he, he's walking in, and God says, that's my guy right there. And Samuel anoints him to be king over Israel, this teenage boy. But your attention, please, it is about 13 years from the anointing until the crowning. What is that 13 years? It's the in-between. It's the in-between. Everybody's got the in-between. God said something to you. He anointed you. He called you. But let me tell you, there's going to be some in-between times in your life. And here is the key. The key is in those in-between times, what are you and I going to do with it? Are we going to stay in faith? Are we going to bail and abandon in those in-between times? Mark chapter 9. A father comes to Jesus. He's already been to the disciples. The disciples didn't give him any remedy and he comes to Jesus, we pick it up in verse 21. So Jesus asked the father, how long has this happened to your son? Now notice what's happened. This son is tormented by an evil spirit. It's a suicidal spirit. And he said from childhood, and often he has been thrown into the fire, into the water to be destroyed. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Do you feel the heart of this father for his son? And Jesus said to him, if you can believe all things are possible to him that believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Before we throw any rocks at this father, how many of you have wanted to be in faith, but you wavered a little bit? And you're saying, Lord, help me stay in faith. Help me stay in faith. Help me stay in faith. It's not enough to have faith. You've got to stay in faith. I've got to stay in faith because it's in those in-between times that's really difficult. 1 Corinthians 16, 13, Paul is giving his benediction. He's getting to wrap up the letter, and he, he writes this to the church at Corinth. He says, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. What? Stand fast in the faith. 
Notice 1 Timothy 6.12, fight the good fight of faith. Well, pastor, you know, we just have to have faith. We don't have to stand fast in the faith. We don't have to fight the fight of faith. Just, just have faith. Oh, no, listen, you're wrong again. We're going to have to have faith that we stand in, faith that we fight for. Why do we have to fight for faith? Because there are so many things that attack your faith and so many things that want to get you out of faith. And in those in-between times, that's when we're believing because it's in those in-between times we say, God, what's going on? Because I don't see you working. I don't see the timing that I want to see. You see, these people who live this that we read about, these heroes of faith, these people who wrote the words that we live by because it is the Word of God, amen? These people were not conditioned like we are. They did not drive up to the little box and say, give me a cheeseburger, order fries, and a large Coke, and drive around, and immediately it's handed out the window to you. How many of you remember when people used to cook? <laughs> yeah. But today, I mean, we can go in, take something, throw it in the microwave, shut the door, hit 30 seconds, boom, it's there. These people didn't know about that. You know what we've done in our culture? We've made God a microwavable God. We've made him a McDonald's fast-through, pass-through God. Because God works in his time. There is a time and a season for all things David, what are you saying? God, I am crying out to you. I feel like I'm drowning, I'm sinking. But I know you are a faithful God and in your acceptable time, you will save me. And he did. And he did. And he did. But it was in God's acceptable time. What was David in? He was in the in-between. Can you imagine David? Well, maybe that prophet was wrong. Maybe that oil ran down my head was just uh, an aberration. Maybe that was a dream. Maybe that really didn't happen because I didn't sit next week and I didn't sit next month and I didn't sit next year or the 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 next year. But when he was 30, how many of you know what happened when he was a teenager came about at 30, but there was an in-between time between teenage and 30. And guess what? Same is true about your life. Same is true about my life. And it's those in-between times. You remember the miracle, the first really written miracle that Jesus did publicly? The marriage at what? Canaan. Now, I don't know whose marriage it was. The Bible doesn't tell us. But I kind of think it was either friends or family because you see Mary there and Jesus is there and probably his brothers and sisters are there and then the disciples are there. And Mary has had some history with Jesus. Duh, yeah, right. And I don't know what happened because the word of God is really silent. But when they find out that the refreshments are gone, there's no more wine, Mary goes to Jesus and says, Son, uh, we have a difficulty here at the wedding. They've run out of refreshments. There's more people uh, that came than sent their RSVP card in. And uh, so we were running out of refreshments. Can you do something? And Jesus said, Hey, you know, you're about to reveal me before my time. 
But, you know, when your mama comes and says, son, I need you to do something, and he's a good son, so he says, mom, I'll see what I can do. Now, the reason I say Mary has some history here, because Mary went to the people who's over the wedding and says, my son's going to help, and whatever he tells you to do, just do it. And uh, so Jesus gathers them up, and he says, hey, he says, take these water pots, and fill them up with water and take them to the master of the ceremony, the, the governor of the feast, the guy who's, uh, you know, leading this big shebang here, this, this, this big banquet, this wedding feast. And uh, how would you like to bend the people who were filling up the pots of water? Because the specific request is, we need more wine. So they fill up the pots with water and they're bearing the water to the master of ceremony, the governor of the feast, and somewhere between them filling the water at Jesus' command and somewhere before they arrive, there was some in-between time. And sometimes we don't think anything's happening in the in-between time. We're just vegetating. We're just waiting. We're just hoping. We're biting our nails. And I think if I'd been one of those people at the wedding, I would have said, this is the dumbest thing I've done in a long time. Because I know I put water in here, and how disappointed am I going to be when he dips his cup in here and it's just going to be water. But something happened in the in-between. That water turned into the best wine that that guy had ever tasted because he said, this is so unusual. Usually they serve the best at front, give the worst at the end. He said, this is the exceptional wine. How many of you know there is some in-between time? Because in that in-between time, there are things that can happen. At any time, the people who bore the pots could have said, I'm opting out of this because I don't think this is going to happen. Well, let, let, let's go back a little bit further. You remember Elijah? Remember Elijah kind of is a prophetic meteorite coming out of nowhere? And he shows up in the halls of Ahab, the king of Israel, and he says, it will not rain again until I say so. That's a bold statement. I mean, that's better than Channel 7 weather. Those false prophets. I mean... Uh, It will not rain again till I say so. Then all of a sudden, he's directed to go to the brook Cherith. He said, you drink out of the brook, and the birds are going to bring happy meals to you. And the, the birds feed him until the brook dries up. I wonder if Elijah said, did I really hear from God? That it's really not going to rain? until I say so? And if, if this is of God, why, why is the brook drying up on me here? Well, Elijah, it hadn't rained. And then he says, go to Zarephath. I, I, I've got a widow there that's going to sustain you. One of the most vulnerable people in society is going to sustain me. God, what are you doing? Elijah, this is the in-between time. From the, the time you made your statement... Until I am going to break the drought, it's your in-between time, Elijah. And we know he's calling 
Israel to Mount Carmel. The false prophets are there and the king's there and he lays the, the altar out and they don't hear from their God and he calls fire down from heaven and God answers by fire. But let me tell you, from the time he walked in and said it's not going to rain until the time it rained, how many of you know there was some in-between time? About three, three and a half years. And sometimes what we want, we want, God, I want it, and I want it now. Do you realize we actually have the choice and the ability to bail out on God at any time in our in-between time? We really do. And can I tell you, many people do it every day. God didn't answer them the way that they thought. God didn't show up the way that they thought. They didn't get what they thought. Instead of staying in faith and battling for faith and fighting the good fight of faith, you know what they did? They gave up. Not only did they give up, sometimes they just bail out. I'm done with God. I'm done with the church. I'm done with my friends. I'm done with my marriage. I'm done with this. I'm done with that because I can't stand this in between time. Everybody's got it, and it's not going to go away. You know why sometimes we don't stay in faith? Let me give you five reasons. You ready for me to preach? Five reasons sometimes we don't stay in faith. Number one is because of circumstances. We get to looking at the circumstances. We look around. Here's the circumstances. Here's the circumstances. Here's the cir Listen, we walk by faith and not by sight. So we don't want to look at the circumstances. Lord, can I get out of the boat? Yeah, Pete, come on. And Peter gets out of the boat. He walks on water, and he does pretty good until he begins to what? Look at the circumstances. The wind is blowing. The waves, is getting, the waves are getting larger and larger. They're, they're getting boisterous. And when Peter began to look at the circumstances, what happened to him? He began to sink. Many of you, including me, sometimes when I look at the circumstances, I begin to sink because what I see and what I believe don't gel. But let me tell you, God never said, Mike, you walk by sight. He said, you walk by faith and not by sight. So I have to walk by faith. And in those in-between times, things vacillate, things change, the brook dries up, the birds are gone, I have to go here, I have to go there, I'm in transition, and I'm looking at circumstances. And when Peter began to sink, he said, Lord, save me. And the Lord reached down and got him and brought him back up to walk on the water back to the boat. We look at circumstances. Here's the second thing. Because of culture. Because of culture. Have you ever thought this? Lord, I'm trying to serve you. I'm trying to bring my kids to church. I'm trying to witness. I'm giving. I'm tithing. I'm doing what I know to do. But look at these people around me. They're living better than me. You're blessing the ungodly. Do you realize the Psalms deal with this over and over and over and over? How in the world, God, when I'm serving you, the ungodly are living better than me? You're in the in-between. I'm in the in-between. Because the pleasure of sin only lasts for a season. Only a season. But you and I, we're in the in-between. And so it could be because of our culture. Well, look at those people. They're blessed. Look at that rapper. Look at that sports star. These people are morally bankrupt, and they got all the good stuff. They're driving the nice cars. They got the good-looking women. Well, not all of them. There's a bunch of good-looking women here today. Boy, ladies, y'all are so slow. 
That's when you say, amen, pastor, hallelujah. Preach! But this is what happens. We, we get our eyes on culture, and we think culture is better than serving God. But how many of you know, we're just in between. Or it could be because of peer pressure. I'm saying peer pressure is horrible. Why are you going to church? Why are you serving God? Look at your trouble. Your God's failed you. Your God hasn't answered you. Poor Job. How many of you know Job was doing pretty good until God said, I think I'll use him to show the devil just how powerful I am in people's lives. And Job, this man who's upright, this man who's serving God, this man who has children and wealth and goods and houses and flocks and herds, all of a sudden, everything's stripped away. He is so sick. He's as sick as you can be without dying. And his wife came along and said, you poor baby, I'm going to do everything I can to help you. I don't know what Bible you're reading, but I can tell you what she said. She said, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? We see him starting out well. We read the back of the book of Job. He is better off at the end than he was in the beginning. But let me tell you, between the first chapter and the last chapter, there's a whole lot of in-between. Amen? And people will see you at your lowest point and say, why are you serving God? Why are you going to church? Why are you being faithful? Because we're in the in-between. This isn't over yet. This is not over yet. So what do I have to do? I can't listen to them. i got to stay in faith. And sometimes staying in faith is fighting the good fight of faith. I'm not talking about we're against the agnostics and the atheists and the secular people and the morality and false religions. I'm just saying I'm fighting me to stay in faith. That's what I'm saying. And I know you're holy and you never do that. But sometimes Mike has to fight the good fight of faith to keep Mike in faith. Peer pressure. Sometimes it's because of our feelings and emotions. This is what I know about Mike. How many of you ever have feelings? Feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing more than feelings. Do you realize your feelings will get you in trouble? And your emotions will get you in trouble? We don't walk by feelings. We walk by faith. We don't walk by emotions. We walk by faith. And if you don't watch it, if I don't watch it, I'll start giving in to my feelings. I'll start giving in to my emotions. Do you realize sometimes Carrie says this to me? She says, Mike, I love you, but right now I don't like you very much. <laughs> feelings. We have to stay in faith. Sometimes we have to war to stay in faith. We have to fight to stay in faith because we're in the in-between times. Sometimes it's because of feelings and emotions. But many times it's because of that in-between time. Cheryl, we're in between. Between now and heaven. We're in between. Right now you may be in between. Why is Noah... 
mentioned in Hebrews 11. You say, well, pastor, he's mentioned with all those other heroes of faith. But, but <laughs> David, 13 years possibly between teenage and 30. Elijah, three, three and a half years between it's not going to rain until it rains again. How about Noah? Here Noah is. The Lord comes because Noah's a righteous man. Noah believes God. And the Lord comes and he says, Noah, he said, there is a cataclysmic event fixing to happen on the horizon of history. I am going to cause the rain to flood the earth, and I'm going to break the fountains of the deep open, and I'm going to cover the earth with water. Now that would be eye-opening. But if you've never heard of rain, and you don't even know what rain is, correct? Because it never rained before. The Bible says a mist, the water, the heavy dew. There, there was this atmospheric moisture that, that covered the earth and hovered over the earth, and it watered everything. And then the Lord says, I, I'm going to cause it to rain. And poor Noah doesn't even know what rain is. And he says, I want you to build an ark, a boat. Here's the plans. Here's the dimensions. This is the way you do it. I want you to save the seed of the earth in the boat. And Noah says, okay, God. Do you realize we don't know how long it took him to build the ark? The Bible's not really clear on that. But we do know this. About 100 or 120 years from the time he told Noah that until the time it began to rain, he says, Noah, get in the ark. God shut the door. You talk about some in-between time? 120 years? Do you think Noah had to stay in faith in between? Goodness gracious, 30 years later, I'd say, did I hear from God? And those boys out there building that boat, they'd say, Dad, are you sure you didn't have chili and ice cream before you went to bed that night? <laughs> Noah stayed in faith. By faith, Noah built an ark. And folks, he just didn't have faith when he heard the word of God. He had faith 50 years later. He had faith 100 years later. He had faith 120 years later. Sometimes your in-between time is small, and sometimes your in-between time may be great. And here's the key. We have to stay in faith. We have to war for that faith. We have to walk in that faith, even if we're in that in-between space, that in-between time. Every child of God will be there. They were there. You're going to be there. We've got to stay in faith. Sometimes people come into here, and they see hundreds of people in our building, our facilities, and our ministry. And I've heard this many times. They walk in, and they say, wow, this is really a great place. You guys got it going on. And sometimes this is what I say to them. You should have been with us about 40 years ago. It wasn't like this. We were in a little white building. You could throw a cat through the wall. No central air. No central heat. We had two classrooms. One bathroom. I'm not saying one for men and one for women. We had one bathroom. Knock on the door. Make sure you lock it. You know, okay. I started preaching from an icebox. It's true. Our, our pulpit was an icebox. Not a refrigerator, an icebox. An icebox, you don't plug in, you put a block of ice in it, they convert it to a pulpit. That's where I started preaching, from an icebox. You say, well, what happened from that little white church to here? We had some in-between time. We had some in-between time. You know what we had to do? We had to stay in faith. We had to keep believing, keep working, keep walking, keep, keep, keep 
your emotions out of it. Keep your feelings out of it. Keep focus because God always has in between time. People give up on their kids and their grandkids in that in between time. One day a father heard this, Dad, I'm tired of your rules and I'm tired of your regulations and I'm tired of living here. Give me my inheritance now and I am leaving. Basically what he's saying, Dad, I wish you were dead so I could get my money right now. And that father, in his grace and love, gave that son his inheritance and that son left. And you know the story. It's the story of the prodigal son. He wasted his money. He, he got with a bunch of harlots and whores. He got with a bunch of friends. He partied. He wasted everything that he had received. He's at the point of death. He's starving. But this is what I believe. This is what I know. That dad, in that in-between time, kept in faith. That dad walked in faith. That dad fought the good fight of faith. Now, the reason I know that is because when that son came back home, that dad was looking for him. Can you imagine every morning when he is going out on the porch drinking his Starbucks? That he's looking down the road and saying, is this the day my son is going to come home? But one day he did come home. What happened from the time he left, from the time he came back? It was that in-between time. Some of you, maybe your son is out there, your daughter's out there, your grandchildren are out there. Hey, it's in-between time. Stay in faith. God can bring them home. Sometimes people give up. People give up on their marriage. It's in-between time. Horrific things happen. Horrible things happen. Stay in faith. Stay in faith. God can restore that. God can repair that. And if it's unrepairable, if somebody walks out, God can bring you somebody better than you ever believed. It's that in-between time. We have to stay in faith. And to stay in faith, sometimes you have to war in faith. Can I hear any man? And you have to walk in faith. Don't give up on your health. Don't give up on your healing. Don't give up on your job. Why? You may be in the in-between time. I remember when I graduated from college, I crammed four years of college into five <laughs> and got my degree. And when I got out, the only thing I could find was a construction job. And I was on some pretty large buildings working in a construction job. And sometimes in Oklahoma in the summer, it can get about 105 or 110 degrees. And I can remember out there on that construction job saying, God, I did not go to school to get my degree to do this. Nothing wrong with that, and a lot of people do well with that. That wasn't my calling. But guess what? I had some in-between time. You have some in-between time. David had it. Elijah had it. Noah had a whole lot of it. Don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on your job. Because this period in your life may just be some in-between times. Don't give up on your life. Give it to God. Because if you don't give it to God, you'll give up on God. And people do that all the time. Well, he didn't show up and I thought he was going to show up. My marriage didn't work out. My job didn't work out. It's the in-between time. 
We all have that in-between time. And your breakthrough may be right around the corner. My breakthrough may be right around the corner, but I will never get my breakthrough if I don't keep in faith. I'll never get my breakthrough unless I walk in faith. I will never get my breakthrough unless I war in faith. Let me tell you what the enemy wants to do to you. He wants you to quit believing. He wants you to quit walking. He wants you to give up on God, give up on yourself, give up on your dream, give up on your vision. He wants you to give up. This is just an in-between time. We all have it. We're all going to go through it. So in that in-between time, stay in faith. And if we stay in faith, we shall reap if we faint not. You say, Pastor, what does that scripture mean? It means you have the choice to faint. You have the choice to bail. You have the choice to leave. You have the choice to give up. Or you have the choice to say, you know what? I'm going to be like David. I feel like I'm standing on my toes, and the water's up to here, and I feel like I'm being overwhelmed and drowning. But God, because you are a steadfast, loving God, I believe in your time you will answer me, save me, oh God. And guess what? God did. Boy, you've been there, haven't you? You've been on your toes, the water up to here, some of you right there now. And I'm here to tell you, this is just an in-between time. This is just an in-between time. Stay in faith. Don't give up. Keep walking. Keep going. Because he in his steadfast love is a faithful God. Bow your head with me. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.